Roshtuni Radio presents The Cure of Souls Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by Rusus John Roshtuni Narrated by Nathan F. Conkey Produced with permission by the Chalcedon Foundation 40. The Need to Confess Both the police and reporters are familiar with the criminal's need to confess. While the, quote, third degree, end quote, once existed, one police detective told me that it was not necessary. Many criminals were eager to confess. According to an old proverb, quote, open confession is good for the soul, end quote, but it is not only the police and priests to whom confession is made, it is made often to friends and to strangers, to someone who seems receptive or kindly, often on the belief that a sin confessed is a sin half-atoned. Some confessions are made without any apparent shame and even with pride, in effect saying, quote, No one is half as bad as I am, end quote. I heard of a girl, a long distance from home, working at a bar as a nude waitress. She boasted that she received more tips than any other girl without doing things the other girls did. At the same time, she made her friend swear to never tell her parents what she was doing. Here, then, was a mixture of pride and shame. At the same time, her demand of her friend, quote, swear you won't tell, end quote, was interesting. Swear by what? The God she had heard about as a girl in church, in whom she did not believe? The whole area of confession is now a murky abyss. Because the churches have more or less abandoned confession does not make it any the less a moral and psychological necessity. Psychoanalysts and others have built empires on this need. Perhaps the best of the psychoanalysts was Theodore Reek, whose study of masochism is a very important account of man's self-confession by means of self-punishment. Masochism is a deeply rooted fact in modern man because of this need to confess. Reich's Masochism in Modern Man, 1941, is a classic, but an impotent one. He speaks of, quote, the need for punishment, end quote. He says that to be punished is to be loved. The premise of the masochist is, quote, to put it theologically, First the atonement, then the sin, end quote. His solution to the problem is nonsense. High moral demands are incompatible with our nature, he says. True enough, since we are fallen creatures. So, what are his solutions? Quote, we all live beyond our moral means. Let us be more tolerant towards our aggressive feelings, towards our mean, cruel and vindictive thoughts. We should at least in our daydreams dare to give the devil a fair chance. End quote. In other words, grin and bear it because there is no hope. Rake, in another context, returns to the same conclusion. Quote, One of the most serious factors impairing the strength of the ego is unconscious guilt feeling. An over-severe conscience frightens and terrifies the person. Quote, Thus conscience doth make cowards of us all, end quote. 
One of the most important tasks of the psychoanalyst is to strengthen the self-confidence of his neurotic patients by reducing the demands of a too severe superego and to accept himself. This difficult task must be approached also in convincing the patient that he has kindness besides hostility, love besides hate, and helpfulness besides maliciousness. A little later, Rake speaks of sex as, quote, redemption, end quote. Quote, in this sense, sexual satisfaction in a mature sense is comparable to an oasis desired on a march through the desert. Modern education has followed the psychoanalytic model. Its sex education classes offer redemption through sexual satisfaction and encourage, instead of confession, tolerance towards sins and building up self-esteem. One result is that morally delinquent children and young people are outraged when parents call attention to their sins and offences. The parents do not understand. Their ego is threatened by such indictments, when what they need is to have their self-esteem inflated. Even worse, the churches are teaching the same self-esteem, quote, the power of positive thinking, end quote, quote, possibility thinking, end quote, quote, Jesus loves you no matter what you do, end quote, and so on and on. Confession has not disappeared because the churches have abandoned it. It has reappeared in other forms. The amount of confession without grace that goes on, for example, among youth, is startling. It is also very graphic, pornographic, and sometimes boastful. Quite obviously, there has been a dramatic shift in man's thinking about himself. Dr. Richard L. Jenkins, MD, former Chief Psychiatry and Neurology Service, Veterans Administration, Washington, D.C., cited the difference in 1954. The term conscience, he said, is religious, we would add Christian, in the Western world. Another concept has replaced it, the Freudian superego, primitive, infantile and irrational, something in man which is a product of his environment, not of himself. Conscience leads to guilt feelings when we sin and the need for repentance, confession and restitution. The superego concept leads to a need to sever ourselves from the teachings of the faith, the family, the school and the past. The superego idea leads thus to moral and social anarchism. State schools do not use the Freudian terminology while using the idea and they fail to realise that they are committing suicide in the process. Their products will destroy them and their world. The offhand remark of a teenager, unreflecting and without any but an existential and momentary meaning, is very telling. Quote, Who needs school? End quote. Indeed, in a world of rebellion against the superego, who needs church, state, school, family, civilization. Our state schools are now schools for barbarians. There is now a rejection of the fact that guilt feelings are a healthy reaction to sins committed and that repentance, confession and restitution are moral necessities. To repent is to recognise our guilt, 
This is very important because there can be no advance in any society where sin and guilt are not recognised and dealt with. Sin and guilt remain to fester and to lead to even more evil. As we have seen, humanistic confession has become popular to other youths, men, women, anyone but God. The Dominican scholar Antonio Moreno refers to Jung's idea of confession and sums it up tellingly. Quote, Confession is a therapeutical necessity in confronting our shadow, our sins and our guilt. A secret shared with several persons is as beneficial as a merely private secret is destructive. The latter, Jung says, works like a burden of guilt, cutting off the unfortunate possessor from communion with his fellows. But if we are conscious of what we are concealing, the harm done is decidedly less than if we do not know what we are repressing. In this case, the hidden content is kept secret even from ourselves. Hence, generally speaking, an unconscious secret is more injurious than a conscious one. All personal secrets, therefore, have the effect of sin or guilt. Whether or not they are, from the standpoint of popular morality, wrongly secrets. Through confession, we throw ourselves into the arms of humanity again, freed at last from the burden of moral exile. End quote. God is replaced by humanity, and confession is made to humanity. This need to confess was most brutally and savagely used by Stalin and the Soviet Union. The goal, beginning with the purges of the 1930s, was to compel the victims to confess publicly their misdeeds. These so-called court trials became a form of public confession. One victim after another stood up to recite a required confession. All these men had been broken because their God was humanity, the revolution, and for the sake of the revolution they were required to play their part. This was no freakish event. The US Congress, by supposedly granting immunity, requires confession from all whom it legally compels to come before it. Self-incrimination is set aside by Congress and the constitutional immunity waived. While not as brutal as the Soviet Union, the US Congress grows steadily more brutal in its enforced confessions. If we will not confess to God, we will be compelled to confess to men. Confession is a moral necessity. If we deny its Christian form, we will soon face its anti-Christian and demonic manifestations. Well done for listening all the way to the end. This is Nathan, the narrator, speaking to you from Puebla, Mexico, from the Faith for All of Life school in which I teach English as a volunteer. I teach from kinder through high school. Now, I rely on donations in order to keep teaching and recording, so if you want to support a Faith for All of Life school in Latin America and want to keep listening to Rush Dooney while you vacuum, drive or cook, commute or whatever you're doing right now, donate at cten.org forward slash Nathan Conkey. That's N-A-T-H-A-N-C-O-N-K-E-Y, all lowercase. Or if you prefer PayPal, paypal.me forward slash capital N Nathan capital C Conkey. You can also email me at nfconkey, that's nfconkey at gmail.com. 
Thanks, and I look forward to speaking to you very soon.